What a joy it is this Advent season. I have to say this one, not only all of them, but I really feel that way during this season. I've been excited. I've been a lot of things to think about, and uh, God has been so real, and I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for this season. I'm thankful for this season and uh, the opportunity to be together and to rejoice in God our Savior and uh, what a joy Advent is. As I said earlier, Advent Sunday on the calendar actually started last week, but I was waiting because we focused on Thanksgiving and today I want to focus on hope and uh, and and to uh, look at one of the Christmas stories from the kind of the basis of hope and knowing that God hears us and knows us and sees us. What a great time to celebrate Emmanuel. You know, Emmanuel means God with us and that we know that God is with us and knowing us, knowing our circumstances, knowing our lives, and he cares so deeply about us. Today, I want to focus on a story that I will say is a story of hope. I'm sure you could call it many other things, but a story about hope, a story about faithfulness. And it's also the opening chapter of the New Testament. It's really, I think chronologically, it's the first revelation in the New Testament era. It is the first story that chronologically takes place in the New Testament. And, uh, The Christmas story, of course, is told in two Gospels, in Matthew and in Luke. Matthew, the focus is a little bit more on Joseph and his role, and and then Luke, the focus on Mary and her role, and that part of the Christmas story. They're both very precious, but, but Luke's account is actually the opening moment as God begins to reveal himself in the Christmas story. And so that makes it very special to me. Uh, These Christmas Sundays, Lord willing, I'm going to focus on Luke's telling of the Christmas story. Luke, we know from what he writes in the very beginning of Gospel, chapter 1, tells us what his purpose is. It says, I have set out to write an orderly account And then he describes and explains many of the details of the coming of Jesus. And he does a good job of showing us how it's a part of God's plan. And so if you want to read why God sent Jesus, Luke chapter 1 is a good place to start anyway. Now look at chapter 1 of Luke, verse 3, and let me read these words that I've kind of described here and and listen to Luke's purpose. With this in mind, since I have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you. I want you to know that the Christmas story is an orderly account that God gives us. The Christmas story is just not a great story, a myth. It is certainly not something that man created. But the Christmas story as given in the Gospel of Luke is God wanting us to see certain things about Christmas, certain things about the coming of Christ, and then that we can relate to them and our faith and what we believe and how we're going to live and what our choices are going to be. 
Luke's gospel, even this verse right here is, is something good to think about as you think about the Christmas story. This is a beautiful story, but it's also an orderly account. The Bible gives us what we need to know and connect with God. Whatever your circumstances are today, I want you to know that the Bible gives you enough that you can sense God's Spirit and presence and you can respond and you can be close to Him. The Bible gives you enough. And the Christmas story is a great place to start. It is so rich. It is so wise. Luke's Gospel is a beautiful expression of the whole story of God. And if you read Luke through, you'll, you'll read from the beginning to, to really to the resurrection of Jesus and the call to the church, God's plan. Our story this morning is the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the first story of the New Testament. It is a beautiful story. It is a miraculous story. It is a story where God reaches down into human history and He affects the lives of people. It is unique. It is precious. And it's the opening of the Christmas story. Of all the things in this story, one of the truths that struck me this week as I've been thinking about it and preparing about it is how God used this couple, this older couple, for His will and for His plan. God uses people of all different backgrounds. God has a purpose and a plan for every person. God has a purpose for every believer. And He has a place for them in the kingdom. And here we have the story of how God used this old couple in, a, in an amazing way. God does have a plan for the people of all ages, young and old. And as I read this story, it just kind of kept hitting me how, you know, the beginning story of the New Testament is an old couple and how God used them and blessed them in such a beautiful way. This also is a story of faithfulness. Not just God's faithfulness, but also Zechariah and Elizabeth and how their faithfulness was rewarded by God. I mean, how could they predict the twists and turns of their life? And they thought that nothing would change for the good. And they already had what they were going to have. But how somehow they learned that God was in charge. God was in control. Praise His name and, and out of this silent period between the Old and the New Testament, God chose them for this tremendous story and this tremendous blessing. Let's read it together. If you have your Bible or your phone or you want to read, go to chapter 1 of the book of, of the Gospel of Luke. And I'm going to beginning, begin at verse 5 and read through uh, verse 25. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, 
Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. It will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When the time of his service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. This story begins with a miraculous visit from the angel, from Gabriel. Of all things, the New Testament story begins with an angel And with this man who is a priest, a faithful priest serving the Lord, it would seem all of his life, he was born into the right tribe to be a priest, those that were from the Levites, and he had been doing his duty, and it was his turn to serve in Jerusalem, and his turn to, on that day, to come and offer the incense in the temple. It was a great honor and privilege to have that opportunity. It might have been the first time that he ever did that. Could be, don't know. But on this day, when he goes in with a heart that was right with God, God intersects the story with an angel. God breaking through human history again with hope and a future. Zechariah, of course, would we not be, was startled and gripped with fear, the verse says. He knew he was encountering the presence of God. There's times in our lives when it just seems like God breaks through and speaks to us and we know for sure. We know that God is speaking. We know that God is there. We know that God has something to stay, say with us. And, and we pray and we seek those times and moments when, when maybe, maybe totally unknown why God breaks through and speaks to our hearts. Well, this was the day for Zechariah. He was encountering the presence of God. Zechariah was in that very holy place and everybody was outside. Only one priest would go in and offer this this incense. But I do notice what was going on when this happened. The people were outside praying. I realize when I read this part of the story that it doesn't take place outside of God's people doing what God calls them to do. Verse 10 says, And when the time for the burning of incense came, All the assembled worshipers were praying outside. It makes me think, what happens when God's people are praying and seeking? At this moment, verse 11 says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. As they were praying, God came down. He sent his angel down and spoke to Zechariah. It was a sacred moment. 
it was a special time and for this man and this, this good woman, a life-changing event. I mean, everything we know about this couple is beautiful. They were a precious, godly couple. As far as we know and what we can see, there, there wasn't anything about them that had dishonored God or wanted to, but they had lived their whole life, presumably. I mean their whole life serving God, loving God, trying to be faithful to God. God saw all that. God sees our lives. He knows when we're trying to know Him and connect to Him and serve Him and and when we're doing our best to live out our faithful lives, God sees us. I want to say to you today that God sees your life. He sees your, your sincerity. He sees you when you're seeking Him. And, and God saw this beautiful couple. They were serving Him faithfully. Another description, they were called righteous, blameless. That doesn't mean they were perfect. It doesn't mean that they never made mistakes, but it meant that their hearts were right. And God saw that and God honored that. Interesting, too, that uh, they're called an old couple. Uh, all, the, all the things that are describing this couple is interesting to me. The different ways that they're called old. Um, for example, if you go over even in uh, chapter 1, verse 36, later on with Mary, you have uh, the angel saying that Elizabeth is old. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. Um, this woman was well past the time that she could have a son. Everybody knew that. And it was painful. Oh, it was so painful for them. But yet they served faithfully. And they kept praying. And God heard their prayers. They were an old couple. And yet they were childless. But yet they were people of faith. And they haven't given up. And they're praying, they're praying for, for God they're praying to be right. They were never forgotten by God. They were never abandoned by God. When I think about this couple, I realize that even though they may have had this very big disappointment in their life and had probably given, I'm sure they had given up on even the possibility that, that God could do something or would do something, yet they remained faithful. And God continued to see them and see their lives, see their faithfulness, but also to see their, their hurt, their disappointment, and the longing that they had. And, and uh, God never forgot them or abandoned them. I want to say to you today that God will never abandon you. And though you may be going through a dark time about something in your life, I want you to know that the same God who saw Zechariah and Elizabeth sees you and knows where you're at. And He loves you and He cares deeply about you. That same God who worked this first miracle of the New Testament is a God who hears our prayers. And He knows what we sense and we need and, and our struggles. And God cares deeply about each one of those. Today, if there's something going on in your life and you're wondering, does God know where I'm at? Does God know what I'm struggling with? Does God know my disappointment? The answer is yes, He does. He knew Zechariah and Elizabeth. You know why? Because the angel told Zechariah that God has heard your prayer. The angel came and said, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. Don't think that it's been silent. I know sometimes prayer seems like we don't know where it goes. We might not feel it. We might not sense it. But 
As we studied in the book of Revelation last year, every single prayer of God's people go up into this bowl into heaven, which we're trying to conceptualize. What, what is this? But every prayer of the saints goes up to God and he holds them. Somehow, I, I can't, I, I, you know I can't explain exactly how that is, but God holds your prayers. They somehow make a difference. I don't understand exactly how and when and why and the timing of God, but prayer is so important that you know in faith you call out to God that He hears that prayer. He heard the prayer of Zechariah and Elizabeth, and that's so very special. He heard their prayers. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. What a beautiful part of the story. God hears our prayers. God hears every prayers that we lift up to Him. I'm sure Zechariah and Elizabeth sometimes wondered if God heard their prayer. I'm sure they, they would, they're human. So they would have had... And I'm sure that you do too. I'm sure that many of you have faced things in your life and there have been dark and difficult times or maybe you just didn't know what to do and you just weren't sure that God ever heard your prayer. I want you to know that God did and God does and God will and God will be faithful. We know that on this day, Zechariah had trouble believing it. Of course he did. Would any of us done any better than Zechariah did? Zechariah says in verse 18, he asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well long in years. I mean, Zechariah wondered, did God really hear his prayer? An old man, he just says it as it is. Man, I don't know how old, I kind of wish the Bible would tell us how old Zechariah was, but it doesn't. He just called, he's called old several times. And his wife is called old too, although he's very careful what he says about his wife. She's well long in years. <laughs> You know, women can be very sensitive about their age. So we ought to be careful. But anyway, so she's well long in years. Everybody knew it was too late. It was too late for Elizabeth. I just love this story for a number of reasons. Again, it's an opening story to the New Testament, but I also love the hope and the faith. You know, having... Faith when we cannot see for sure. And looking toward the faithfulness of God when we're in doubt and holding on. You know, sometimes I want to say to people, I know it looks dark for you. I know you're, you're wrestling, you're struggling, you're, you're, you're working through this and it, it's hard. Brokenness, sadness, disappointment. All kinds of things that can discourage us. But I want you to know there's the God in heaven that hears and knows your prayer in your heart and He cares about you. I love that about this story. It kind of reminds me of a song that I love and we've, sing it, we've sung it a few times and once in a while and I don't know that I got the words completely right, but it goes something like this. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to say the words. God is too wise to be mistaken. He's too wise to be mistaken. And he's too good to be unkind. So if you can't see his hand, trust his heart. And that's the way it is with God. When you can't be sure, when it just doesn't feel like it's there, you can trust the heart of God. That he sees you, 
He knows you. He loves you. And you're never outside of His hand. In their disappointment, in your disappointment, in your questions, you can trust God's heart. That's what this story says to me. The angel did respond to Zechariah. He responded to Zechariah's humanity. You might say, you know, Zechariah, he's made of clay. We know that. Talked about that in our psalm last week. How God sees how we're made. He sees our weaknesses. He knew what Zechariah, and so he responds to him. Verse 19, um, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. First of all, the angel kind of ident- identifies himself for Zechariah. You know what? I'm just, I'm just an angel. I'm, my name's Gabriel, by the way. You know, I'm a, I'm a person. I'm an individual. I am Gabriel. So that, you know, that's the first way to kind of put, put Zechariah back a little bit. You know what? I'm talking to an angel of God. I'm talking to someone who has a name created by God. I stand in the presence of God, uh, Gabriel says. I want you to know, uh, Zechariah, that not only I'm an angel from God, but I'm with God all the time. Man, I'm right there, right by God, and I hear his heart. I hear what he does. I hear, I know who he is. And I'm bringing that personal knowledge to you, Zechariah, that God has heard your prayer. I have been sent to you to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Uh, the angel tells Zechariah, you know what, I, uh, I'm an angel, this is my name, and I came from God with a message for you. So Zechariah would know. And then he decides that uh, he's going to rebuke uh, Zechariah. I kind of think of the irony of that. I kind of think of it with humor. Here Zechariah gets nine months to try to explain to Elizabeth what's going on. I mean, can you imagine him getting home, you know, at the end of his serving time and trying to explain to Elizabeth all this stuff that God has revealed to him through the angel, how incredibly uh, mysterious and amazing and, and incredible that had to be uh, between Elizabeth and Zechariah. What a, a neat story, a beautiful story. For nine months, God gives Zechariah just the opportunity to silently ponder the miracle. Maybe for a great blessing for Zechariah that he can just sense inside of his heart and his spirit the amazingness of the story in this family. It's absolutely incredible, this blessing. Until the day that little John is born, until the day that uh, God allows Elizabeth to have this precious baby who will be the forerunner of Christ, who will be the cousin of Jesus, and will go out in front of Jesus and serve Him. This truly is a precious story. It's the opening of the Christmas story. There's so many things about this story as I close this morning. I just want to leave with you to think about this part of Advent. Number one is that God is faithful. And that God will come to you and God will speak to you in His time. We don't understand the time. I don't know if it was 30, 40, 20, 50 years that Zechariah and Elizabeth had been praying. I don't know how long. But it's in the Bible to tell us something about the faithfulness of God. That He does hear our prayers. Don't give up. When things are rough, don't give up. Know that God is there and God is speaking to hearts. 
It's a precious story. Would you go on to that slide, please? It's a story of the, the hand of God and how God has His hand on our world. He does have His hand in your life. It's hard to see sometimes, but He does. And He controls this world. God is powerful. God has a plan. And God's will will be done in all of eternity. So we can trust that faithfulness of God. God is powerful. And God's blessings are incredible. Who would have known? Who could have guessed? How could have Elizabeth? I mean, later we know she just laughed. It was incredible that God would do such a thing. God is a God of great blessings. And then finally, we get to Elizabeth's response, at least part of it here, and, and what God does in Elizabeth and how she responds to it. In verse 38, if you have your Bible, look at that, would you, for just a moment, and look what, what uh, Mary says there. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Three things right there that get my attention. Number one, Mary declared, or Elizabeth declared, I belong to the Lord. I belong to the Lord when she hadn't heard the answer to prayer, and she belongs to the Lord when the answer comes. And she's faithful to Him. May your word be to me fulfilled, expressing that faith and that desire that God would use her life and that whatever God said would happen would take place. And then the angel moved on. The angel left and, and uh, she knew. She knew in her heart as, uh, as uh, the angel spoke to Mary and described Elizabeth and uh, both of them. Uh, verse 25 said, The Lord has done this for me. These are the words of Elizabeth. The Lord has done this for me. Uh, she knew and she credited God. This morning, I just want to leave you with uh, the call to trust the heart of God. This season, in your life, in your challenges, whatever they are, would you stand with me as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opening story and the Christmas story and Thank you for the miracle and the beauty and the wonder and the joy that we read in this couple that's called an old couple many times. Lord God, you're able to speak to the young and to the old. You're able to use the young and the old for your kingdom and your glory. And may we, God, see that, that you're a faithful God to every age. God, you're not just a God of the young people. You're not just a God of the old people. But God, you're a God of every person who responds to you in faith. And we thank you for that today. Thank you today for this Christmas season. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to worship you. May every story speak to our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.